I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is with Demona Hoffman. We are talking about dating tips and how to find your future partner. So whether you are single and you just want to have casual dating, get to know some people or have some good times, or maybe you're looking for the one or the many ones, um, multiple partners, single partner, I don't know. The one. There will be tips for you. That, and we'll talk about online dating, in-person dating. As we are recording this, it is the COVID times. So I know in-person dating has changed as well as meeting people in person, but we'll still talk about that because this is an evergreen product. And I'm so curious what Demona has to say about the current state of dating, what she predicts that dating will be like in the future. Do you think it's easier to date now? Not COVID times, but in general, just because of social media and sliding into DMs. Yeah. Do you think it's a little easier? I think there's more easier. There's more access, but it depends how you define easier, right? Is easier because you can just do it from home and reach out to people? And is that what makes it easier? There was, I don't know. I don't. Yes and no. Yeah. Because I think that that's also more disconnected to a certain degree. It makes it so we can access more people and screen people and like, oh, the X, Y, and Z. But also that might get in our way of just screening people based on, you know, the color of their eyes or some word they said in their profile. And you're like, no. Yeah. Instead of in person, if you actually met them and you felt their energy, you might be into them. So I'd struggle with dating apps just because I rely so heavily on energy. You've never been on one. we got to get you on one. And people's voices <laughs> too. Like. People's voices when if they are... Not in line with if I, I kind of cringe or something. I say we got to get you one because you live vicariously through me when I was on one when you were married and you were having so much fun. You were like, oh my God, it's a match. It's a match. <laughs> it was like it a is, video it's game. It's like a game. Yeah. It's a video game, especially when you're married. Like, this is cool. And you're like, I'm getting hit on. Um, okay. So we have a sex question. We will read the bio. And but first, I'm going to give a testimonial. It's actually more feedback from a listener uh, advice that I liked. I had never heard of someone using this before. Mm. So we've talked about uh, back to Bacterial vaginosis or BV on our show a number of times, mm-hmm. by the way, it's with doctors or listeners and April and I have both experienced it. It's really annoying. Um, and this is some feedback from a listener. So the listener says, I wanted to throw out the recommendation my midwives gave me when I started feeling yeasty, smelly, or when vaginal balance just seemed off, which is to use tea tree oil suppositories. You guys spoke about boric acid, which I totally used back in the day, but OMG, the tea tree suppositories are now my go-to anytime things don't feel great. I put them in before bed, wake up the next morning smelling herbal and usually feeling great. The brand I use is called Tea Tree Therapy and I get them at my local health food store. Thank you so much for being part of the transformation around healthy sex. Woo! Excuse me, Amy, I have to go and buy this right now. I'm on my phone. <laughs> Do you have some BV right now? Uh, well, I feel like you get it, it, it I get easy, it yeah. easily yeah. and it just anything can throw off a pH sometimes. Yeah. So Sensitive. It's, I think what the older I've I've been, the more I I more sensitive? Yeah, the more sensitive I am and the more often I have the stuff. And the boric acid does freak me out because of the whole... The word acid? No, <laughs> of the whole, like, am I going to kill someone if they go down on me after putting a boric Definitely acid don't in let there. them go down on you right after putting... Yes. All right, sometimes I put in boric acid before and I'm like, what if I accidentally swallow this? Cause sometimes I'll do that with things. Like I have, I'll use, um, a probiotic have vaginally. You swallowed one no, oh, you don't. No, no, no. It's dangerous. And, but I'll, sometimes I'll take a probiotic to put in vaginally and I'll just accidentally put it in my mouth instead. So boric acid, if suppositors, I'm like, I'm, I'm holding like, it, do not yes. put in your mouth. I have it in a whole different section of my, like not near my vitamins it's or anything. It's even in a different section for me. It's yeah. just my brain. I'm still worried about my brain doing the wrong thing. You kind of like if I put my hand in the garbage disposal, I still feel like the other hand's going to turn it off. <laughs> Oh my god! I know, right? I don't trust myself. I don't either. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for the information. Um, super helpful. I uh, love all just yeah anything and everything that we can, get, especially when it's uh, el natural. That's really nice. 
I uh, want to also do a little shout out. We've talked about this on our podcast before, uh, but wanted to give a little shout out to She's Birdie. It's a cute little keychain that makes a crazy sound to protect you. It's an alarm and it flashes lights. I forgot what the hertz. The 130 the, decibels. Oh, decibels. That's the word you want to say. Um, it is quite loud. We've tested it and I would do it right now, but it would probably hurt your ears. We've done it in front of April's dog. Uh, he definitely jumped up and ran in the other room. Uh, I feel like just for, for where I live right now, it's dark. Yeah. And just having that on my keychain, I feel so much safer because it has that light that flashes too. And the sound is loud. If you're if you're walking in a quiet neighborhood without thinking you pulled it, it's is louder. It sounds louder than like a lot of car alarms to me oh, too. Oh, totally. So. Um, and I can't back that up because I haven't tested the car alarms and there was it, their decibels. But if you want this cute little keychain, it's great to give to gifts to a human in your life that you want to maybe have a little more protection. Go to she'sbirdie.com slash shameless. That's S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E.com slash shameless. And you get 15% off. Go do it now. Are you ready for a sex question? I love sex questions. Me too. This is a good one. My amazing husband has gained 60 pounds three kids later, and I am finding his weight gain to be a major turnoff and am now avoiding sex altogether. How do I tell him his weight gain is a major turnoff without hurting his feelings? BTW, I have encouraged him to eat better slash stop drinking slash exercise as motivation to be healthier for the kids to no avail. Please help. That is a great question and a tricky one, too, uh, because the first thing I'll say is when you say, how do I not hurt his feelings? You might not be able to control all of that. We can control how we say things, but feelings can get hurt, right? Or people can feel disappointed or sad. Um, So my first tip is don't take on all of the other person's experience. In fact, I don't feel like we should ever do that with anyone, whether it's our children or our parents or our, our loved ones. Um, and get get more comfortable with the fact that sometimes we have to have difficult conversations that could um, bring up something for someone. Uh, and you have something you want to add to that before I yeah, go ahead? Well, I, it's just a tricky thing when you're talking about bodies. Yeah. And so the be- I think the best thing to do, in my opinion, would be, hey, you want a meal prep together or you want to kind of organize it and make it fun so it doesn't yeah. feel heavy or shamey. But you're still not talking about it. So that's the, cause they said they're, they're, they're dropping the hints and I get it. Sometimes we can drop hints and they'll, that'll work, but sometimes they don't. And we're not asking for what we want or being more clear. And again, this isn't really about what you want. Yeah. I want my husband to have his banging body. It's not, that's not really what you're saying. Right. I mean, of course you want to be attracted to them. And I'm, some people might feel a little trigger about this, whether you have been in this position on either side, um, and we're not body shaming at, at all. And actually, Demona Hoffman's going to talk a little bit more about um, preference with or and racial bias, um, which will be a whole different conversation. Um, and so, just coming back to this idea of, of preference, you know, we we're turned on by what we're turned on by, um, and attracted to whoever, whatever we're attracted to. Um, and there's probably some room for more acceptance uh, here and there and not always. And so I agree with you, April. Try dropping the hints. You already did. It's not working. I also agree with you, April. The we thing, instead of a you mm-hmm. do this, make it a we thing. But I would still kind of speak to it a little bit. So how about we, for the next two months, you know, four days a week, we go for you know, we get 45 minutes after we go, you share it together. Let's go do more exercise things together. Let's try this, you know, I'm not a big fan of diet, but like, you know, taking out uh, refined sugars or, you know, switching things up again, this is not our area of expertise, but make it an us thing to share together and not just like you. And like April said, that'll make it more fun. Um, And I would also say that there are loving ways to speak to something along these lines, something that is preference. And First of all, I would say this is start with this is a really uncomfortable conversation to have. Like this is I'm really scared to say this. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I love you, and then start with the wonderful things. I here's what I do find wonderful and sexy. And uh, April's going to call this a shit sandwich, but you know, don't just drop like here's the terrible shit. Here's so I'm scared to say this. This is hard. I love you. I don't want to hurt you. Here's what's wonderful here, and. Um, I, here's what I've noticed and there's something in me that's shifting a little bit. I still love you. And I'm wondering if this is something that we can share and work on together and be prepared for their feelings to be hurt and to, you know, hold some space for that as well. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. Cause are you going to, unless you're going to just get over this all of a sudden, 
I, there, it seems like it's something that to lovingly address. Well, it's also can be, uh, a health matter. Yeah, there you go. And they have three kids and I'm sure with three kids, depending on the age, it's, it's hard when you have to manage children. And if they have different kinds of dietary needs mm-hmm. where you're sucking down chicken nuggets every day and drinking and drinking like, yeah. and all of that. And in, in realities, 60 pounds is a lot to, it, it could be really unhealthy for your body, for your organs. Yeah. So you could also take the health approach to it. And I know that, uh, it, you will risk hurting, um, his feelings. And at the same time, you want to keep them around longer for your kids. Yeah. The health thing I think is also really important. And here's another way you sell it. He's going to feel better when he starts to exercise and eat healthier just in general, which helps everything in your life. Which you feel sexier. Yeah. It makes, and I'm not, and not just like, not just looking in the mirror feeling better, like internally feeling better. That's usually what happens. I, when I gained weight, when I was married, I gained probably I don't know, uh, around 40 pounds, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And it was due to poor diet. I was traveling all the time, working all the time, drinking all the time. And it just came on. And I felt so unattractive yeah. myself. And I was always in my head when I would be uh, in an experience with my um, former partner. I was uh, never on top anymore. I would just be like, I just want this to be over with. I don't want him to look at me. And it was really challenging. And then I had to make a conscious decision for myself just to feel better about myself mm. and feel feeling better about knowing that I could probably live longer too if I stopped uh, eating so poorly. Mm-hmm. Did so. he ever say anything to you about it? Yes. He, he, was, uh, he kind of said, some not so nice things mm. like calling me a potato and things. Oh geez. Yes. So that was hard. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. No, don't, don't do that. So, and I was like, already oh, self-conscious. I love you so cute. Like a potato. You're like yeah. not sexy. No, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, it was, he called it a potata cause English was his second language. Yeah. <laughs> that could be nice. Now anyway, you, now you're kind of like a little tater top. So I, I feel perhaps your husband isn't feeling sexy either, or maybe he is, maybe he loves it. So, that's a good time to start the conversation. Yeah. And there's a difference between body shaming or, uh, yeah, there, there's a difference between that and actually just speaking to attraction and to health. They're, they can be different things. Yeah. Uh, okay, before we read the bio about Dem- Demona's awesome, super excited to have her on the show. She's done a lot. She has a, a TV and radio personality oh, too. Yeah. So lots to learn here. Um, she is an expert, so stay tuned. Uh, and before we dive into that, I want to share one more thing that we've talked about on our show many, many times that we absolutely love. And I can't wait till season three comes out. Woo! Are you oh, going to talk about masturbation? I'm going to talk about baiting. Yeah. Baiting. But baiting. I'm going to talk about self-pleasuring with OMGS.com. And if you go to OMGS.com slash shameless, you get a special deal. Let me tell you what it is. So it's an online program, completely research-based. How many people, April? 20,000. 20,000. Vulva owners of all ages between the ages of 18 to 90. I think this oldest is in 95. Awesome. And so they did this research with these people. They asked, how do you like to pleasure yourself? How do you have your orgasms? And season one is all about external pleasure. Season two is internal pleasure. And then they have these tasteful videos. So it's not porn. And they show you these techniques. And they're in these little categories. So you can try them out, whether you're having awesome orgasms. You want to have even more awesome orgasms. Or maybe orgasms hard for you. Maybe you just want some new techniques. Or maybe you want to learn how to pleasure a vulva. They have tools and tricks for you to learn. And we're visual learners. Reading a book, eh, a little more challenging. Um, and they're, it's they're so well done. Visual portals. Yes. You yeah. can learn about what hinting is Ooh. or shallowing Ooh. or broadening God, or G regions. <gasps> and then there's more seasons coming out soon. And so if you go to omgs.com slash shameless, you get $5 off each season. You get they buy them individually and right. there will be more. And soon I think they're going to do some stuff for penis owners. Pay too. once and then you'll have access. You watch it over and over and over again. Forever. Forever. All right. So are you ready for a bio? Yes, please. Demona Hoffman is a certified dating coach, radio host, and TV personality. Demona starred in the TV series Black Love and A Question of Love on FYI TV and AE Networks. She hosts the Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman radio show and podcast. Plus, she is the love expert for BET.com. Demona has made hundreds of media appearances on NBC, Fox, Animal Planet, Sirius XM, People Magazine, and more. To learn more, visit DemonaHoffman.com. That's D-A-M-O-N-A Hoffman.com. All right, it's interview time. 
All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with Demona Hoffman, who is a dating and relationship expert. Uh, so whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're looking for the one or the many ones, there will be some information here for you on how to navigate this wild world. You already heard a little bit about Demona in our bio and in our intro, uh, but Demona, welcome to our show, and I'm just going to dive right into the first question that we ask all of our guests. What? Can you tell us about how you got to where you are today in the field of dating and relationships? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for having me. Second of all, I have no idea quite by accident. <laughs> um, but what I can tell you is that I started out in the same places. Uh, many of my clients and probably many of your listeners, I was frustrated with dating. I felt like I wasn't meeting any of the right kind of people. I was actually working at the time as a casting director. And at night, I was teaching classes for actors in marketing and how to have headshots that would stand out to someone like me, a casting director, for the kind of roles that they would be right for. And at the same time, I was online dating and I started to realize that the things that I would tell an actor about what they needed to do to get noticed by someone like me and the things I needed to do with my profile photo to get noticed by the kind of guys that I wanted to meet. It was basically the same thing. So once I did that sort of marketing hack uh, to my dating profile that I would tell actors, I ended up meeting the guy who is still my husband today. And that's now, it's been 17 years. And since that time, so many people came to me and they're like, well, how'd you meet that guy? And I just started doing that same process to polishing profiles. And from that, it turned into an entire career, becoming a life coach, then getting certified specifically as a dating coach to shepherd people through the entire process of finding love. Mm, that is a beautiful story. 17 years going strong. And uh, I think that th I was just talking to Amy about this a little while ago because I was like, do you think it's easier to date now than it was 10 or 15 or 17 years ago? Or is it harder? Because I, I don't know. I hear so many horror stories about dating. And then we throw in COVID, which obviously hopefully will end at some point soon. Uh, so that brings me to my question for you. What do you think the current state of dating is in the U.S. specifically, especially during these times? Well, the very current state of dating is confusing. I'll say mm -hmm. that. I will, I'll give you that. I like to stay optimistic, but I will say um, I have seen a lot of weirdness is the best way I can describe it. And being a coach for as long as I have, I started coaching just a few years after I met my husband. So I've been in this game for a minute. I have been doing dating profiles. I've been helping people online and offline. And this has been definitely the weirdest time. There have been two major, major disruptors, I would say, in the dating landscape in the last however years, 15 years I've been doing this. The first one was Tinder. That changed, that completely changed the game because even though I was one of those nerds that was into online dating and I was like, this is my secret treasure trove of men. A lot of other people didn't embrace it and looked at it as a weird way to meet. And Tinder made dating apps accessible to everyone. But the the flip side of that is Tinder made dating apps accessible to everyone. And so you had people coming to dating apps now for a wide range of reasons, which is good because it brings with it opportunity, but is challenging because it requires now a different sort of process to be able to filter people to make sure that they're there for the same reasons that you are. And the other disruptor, of, of course, is COVID. And while I used to be able to predictably say, if you do X, Y, and Z, 90% of my clients prior to the pandemic 90% of my one-on-one -on -one clients ended up in a relationship within three months of doing my program and actually following the steps. The other 10% are the people that didn't follow the steps. <laughs> and now I can't really say that. I have had successes. I have had clients get married. I have a lot had a lot of clients move into serious relationships and even move in with partners. But I have also seen a lot of crazy erratic behavior where I'm just like, I don't know what that dude's going to do. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it's, it's just it's everything's off time, right? yeah. like I and I mean I feel that in my own life like I have my family being like when are you gonna come to visit and I'm like I 
I don't know. I really don't know. I can't think ahead more than like six weeks. So I don't know how you plan your future when you don't even know if you're going to be able to leave your house next month. Mm -hmm. But I also have seen how rapidly the situation changes. So I'm always encouraging my dates and mates podcast listeners to stay in the game because you never know you might miss that person and if you're just like well it's not going to happen for me during covid and you just step out of the game entirely you could be missing your chance that was one thing that when april and i were talking about that earlier when she asked me that question i was like well this the nice thing about and i I do have a question for you about online dating and the nice thing about online dating is is you can really screen out people you get to you have easy access you just be at home and you can screen out what the people that might not be a good fit for you but i think people are quick to judge they're like oh you know wrong color eyes or they use this terminology in their their bio and i'm not into that and in fact if we were in person with them and we felt their energy might be a little different um and I, then you add covid to that and well it's a little more challenging so we'll get to the in-person question about how to do in-person dating when that's available but um what about for successful online dating? Our listeners love tips. So if you have some like top tips to share for them that they can maybe apply now. I love tips too. And I also love utilizing the profile as your calling card. That is the thing that's going to, that's the honey that's going to, going to bring in the bees, right? And you have to make sure you cannot just create a profile. People will be, be like, I tried online dating. It didn't work. And I'll ask them, well, let me see your profile and how many messages are you sending and how are you interacting and using the app? And they're like, oh, I thought I just like picked a couple of Facebook pictures and created a profile and they just, just Prince Charming would just send me a DM or something. And (laughs) it's not how it works. That is not how it works. You actually have to create a thoughtful, mindful profile that celebrates the things that you bring to the table and that would attract the right kind of person to you. So I, here's, here's the time where everybody can get out their, their pen and paper Mm -hmm. and make notes. The three C's are my core philosophy on your dating profile photos. You have to have three things, color, context, and character. Mm. Color, it's psychological. I, I, I do this from a strategic point of view. And I think from the perspective of the person searching and sorting, if you are swiping through a bunch of photos and people are wearing all little black dresses and, and you, you can't even, they're in group shots. You can't really tell which one they are. You might, you might pass on by somebody who would otherwise be great. But if that person has, has color in their, in their photo, particularly red. Men are biologically attracted to the color red. Um, women, it's it's not as clear that the color, particular color is a signifier, but if you see color, you're more likely to stop and go further into the profile. And that's where we want to have the second C, the context. What are you saying about yourself through your profile? Then the third one is the character. What is your personality? What are the, what's the quirky side? What's the sexy side? What's the funny side that would make someone say, this isn't just a pretty photo. This is actually somebody that I feel like I could, could connect with. That's good. Those are some good tips. I always, when I, so I've never uh, used a dating app before, but I uh, kind of vicariously live through some of the folks in my life that do. And I always get really, uh, intrigued when I look at photos that they're swiping through and there's like no head on some of them. And the person just has their, like a body, like their, their body next to a car. And um, it's, it's confusing to me because I guess it's not, they're not even shirtless. They're like in a, in, in clothing. And uh, I'm, I'm like, why wouldn't they put their head in there? Uh, that's important. <laughs> and so uh, I also agree with you totally when people have group shots, it gets really confusing. It's like, are you saying that you have a lot of friends or are you saying like what so do you recommend uh again kind of having some of those shots or just doing mostly solo and capturing you as a solo human you are the star of your profile this is your your time to shine and maybe your only time to <laughs> to just really say look at me and not worry about who else is in your lifestyle is in your life like the people 
think that it means, oh, look how popular I am. I go out, I hang with friends. I'm cool. I'm fun. Don't you want to hang out with me? But actually, it it risks two things. It risks them not knowing who you are. And also, I hate to say it, but they then start to compare. And what if they're more attracted mm. to the friend next to you? It's just not a good strategy. So I like for my clients to be the the sole person in the photo. You got to be careful. You can crop some photos. And I actually do, am a big fan of cropping to direct the eye to the place you want them to see. And that's a strategy I used to use with actors when I would do their headshots. Because sometimes you might get a different impression of somebody if it's a three-quarter shot versus if it's more of a headshot. So you have to kind of have the balance of headshots and at least one full body shot. But you also have to be mindful of all of the messaging, all of the information that's that's in your photo. And if you crop off, it's like somebody's arm that's there. <laughs> Sometimes people don't even bother cropping and you're like, who is that chick? But if you there, if there's like this phantom arm there that's like conspicuously cut off, that could actually be worse for you than than just picking another photo. Cropping could be your fourth C, Demona. In Ooh, this, right? There you go. The fourth C. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are revolutionizing <laughs> my just strategy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're the so C's right. keep growing. The C's grow. But see, people get confused though when I when I talk about cropping or when I talk about photo editing. There's a lot of confusion because people think that means that you can edit how you look, and that's not not at all what I'm saying. Like filters, no, no, no. And a lot of the apps now are also, they're, they're eliminating filters. Like on Bumble, they have, you can't get a filter approved in your photo today because they, they, and they have facial recognition technology. It's, it's so deep. It's so deep. I don't want to bore everybody with all the the nerdy data, online dating facts that are in my head, but you want to have it actually look like you because the goal for most people is to actually meet offline and form some form of a relationship. And if you don't look like your photo, I, I've seen so many catfish profiles because I'll also search for my VIP clients. I can notice right away, like if they're, if their photos don't look crisp and digital clear because now the accept the expectation is you have you have a high quality digital camera in your pocket right now mm -hmm. so if you don't have a clear and clean photo of yourself it's either too old or it's not you yeah so i'll look for those things i'll look for if they have group shots but then then there's photos that don't all look like they fit together and you can't really tell what they look like. That could be another sign. If they have um, pictures of themselves in a uniform, whether it's an army uniform, military uniform, that's a really common catfish uh, technique. And also like a doctor coat. <laughs> so there, there are ways that you, there are definitely ways that you can enhance your profile to make make people fall fall for it but ultimately you want to look like you look and you want to be who you say you're going to be if you want to get to the next date what's up shameless sex fam is your sex life important to you hmm. what about your relationships and also let me ask you this who can relate to this story things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner and now it's a mess and i don't know what to do where's or, my happily ever after yeah, where's Amy? My yeah yeah what about me or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic but when it comes to sex and relationships i feel so lost yep been there uh mm -hmm. me too mm -hmm. and this is why you all need shameless sex the, the book, book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. 
go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is excellent advice. Yeah, I'm, fishing cracks me up. I'm too, lo- I know. I'm loving. I'm loving this. It's. A, it was a thing. I like the fact that a lot of dating profiles aren't allowing filters anymore because the over-filtered Ugh. photos out there. Yeah, they they they're a little. Uh, now you know, right? When you look at something, and, and they're just a little, I think, outdated. Like, just be real. And not, and we're not saying that we don't ever filter ourselves. By the way, if you look at our Instagram, we'll have some filters there. But but I like what you're saying, Demona, too. If your intention is to meet them in person, why not show the real you that kind of see it? So that's, I mean, that's seems like just kind of makes more sense. Yeah. And you raise a really good point. The, your Instagram is not the same as your dating profile. And I think a lot of people confuse the two, like the Instagram identity that you have, even though there are apps that allow you to link your Instagram, which I don't really recommend because I think it's too much information. The, 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 Instagram life is one thing, but the dating app is really where I believe you should have sort of a curated, curated collection of your life story, because you have to remember this is their first interaction with you. And like, if you were at a cocktail party, like imagine we can go to a cocktail party in in future world, or imagine what it was like when you could go to a cocktail party. You probably wouldn't say certain things to a person you just met for the first time. You would let that kind of unfold over time. But somehow now with dating apps, I feel like there's a a trend towards like, let me just put it all out there and he's either going to love me or she's either going to fall for it or not. But then I'll just know and we'll be able to shortcut it. Like this element of time, that's been the biggest thing that's changed since I started as a dating coach. Like the speed of dating has increased and therefore also the concern over wasting time on dating apps has also increased. And there are definite things you can do to to conserve your time and make sure that the people you're investing in are really aligned with what you want. Which I think that that's a perfect time to switch gears and talk about not online dating, but for when things get back to normal, air quotes, normal or the new normal, what are the best ways for folks to meet people in person? Oh, well, okay, wait. New normal. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. What is that? Yeah. Well, is it See, will? I'm like, I can't plan for like six yeah. weeks out. I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you what it is right now, and I can tell you what I think it will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right now, I have all of my clients and my dates and mates listeners do a COVID dating safety plan. What are you comfortable with right now? And this is a constantly evolving document, right? As long as you're, we're still getting new information about the virus, about uh, what the mask mandates are in our state, for example. The current landscape is you need to know what what you'd be comfortable with. Would you go out to dinner with a person indoors? Would you take off masks at all? When would you go to this person's house? When would you, when would you kiss this person? Are you going to have the conversation about, are they dating someone else? Are you exclusive before you kiss this person? Because what if you kiss this person and they're kissing other people? And could those other people have COVID? I know it's complicated. I know it's a lot to think about, but I guarantee you, if you think about it now, like when you're in fantasy mode and you write it down and commit to it, you're going to be less stressed than in the moment when you might do something. And I would do this with my clients too, about just about sex as well. Like, what are you comfortable with? If you write it down now and you commit to it in your mind, when you're faced in the moment with something that you're not entirely comfortable with, you already have decided how you would behave in that situation. And it's easier for you to make a choice that's in alignment with your values. Mm -hmm. So fast forwarding to the future, what's dating going to look like? I think as more people will be vaccinated and, and I'm not just guessing on this. There is information like out of Wuhan, who is well ahead of the United States (laughs) in, uh, in, where they are in the uh, the handling of the virus. In Wuhan, as they 
declared themselves finally COVID free, essentially, people went buck wild. <laughs> like people were out partying, making out, hanging out, karaoke, locking lips with strangers. What a, like <laughs> the pressure and they weren't even locked down as long as we've been. The pressure was released. So I think that is what is coming for us. I actually saw some interesting information from OKCupid, which is an app that I actually I actually work with them. And they predicted that, I think it was August 4th in the UK, was going to be the hottest dating day of the year because of when Boris Johnson said that the vaccines would all be distributed and they kind of calculated a couple weeks out from that and they're like that's when things are gonna go crazy like so a modern day i think baby that's boom. what's coming for a summer yeah, yeah. oh It'll yeah like we're gonna have baby covid boom, boom. Oh. covid baby boom covid baby boom and sexy boom i actually was saying this too uh to someone about what what so we live in santa cruz california and um, april and i are now in our later half of our thirties. And I remember being here when I was 21 and you know, like the bar scene was, was busy on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And now, I mean, not that I go now and not that I even went like three years ago. Um, it's just, it's was already changed before COVID. And I, and I, I was like, I think people are going to, going to be so hungry for contact and flirting and meeting people that they're going to be out. And that's great that you actually already know what's happening in other places that have more, um, safety around that. Uh, and mm-hmm. one other thing that I wanted to say about that before I ask you another question here too is, is, um, uh, I, I used to say this and I said, maybe you can say what you think about this in terms of meeting people in person. Um, I used to say, where do you shop for your groceries? Um, where you shop for, sorry, where you shop for your groceries might actually represent people that you might be interested in. Like if you're into healthy organic food, there might be some more healthy organic people there or like the grocery store next to your gym the or maybe, market. or yeah, or maybe you shop at Target, you know, or, or whatever. But you know, there's, there's like, that might be a good place to be like scoping some people out. Um, I've definitely have spotted some babes in the, uh, the Whole Foods and places like that, especially when I, when I've traveled too. Um, so do you have, this will be my kind of two part question here. Do you have, um, just assuming, or I guess what was your tip maybe even before COVID? Someone's like, how do I meet people in person? What are the kind of places they should be going to meet people? And then adding on to that, if it, when, when in person is safe again, air quotes, adding on to that, what's like, what are some good tips for hitting on someone? Like, what do they say? What do they do? (laughs) Well, the grocery store, uh, fantasy <laughs> is, <laughs> is alive and well. I actually, a couple of years ago, got some data from Match on this. And and a lot of people had that fantasy, like we're going to lock eyes over the bananas in the produce section. I don't know why I said bananas, but you can imagine. <laughs> and it actually is one of the one of the least common places to meet. Of course, online dating is the biggest game in town and matches data this year showed that 40% of people well, last year showed that 40% of people had their last first date from someone they met online. But the other places doesn't mean that all the dates are happening there, even though that's the number one place you should go to a place where the, the kind of people you want to meet are there and the competition for you is low. So if I were a straight heterosexual female, I might go to a, maybe not a sports bar because guys are there to watch the game, but I might go join a softball team or a kickball team or soccer, co-ed soccer league. I might do an, do an activity where some, where the gender dynamics would not be in would be in my favor, right? Or if I were a a straight cisgender male, I might go to a yoga class <laughs> where I could talk to somebody about the the their beautiful practice afterwards. I like your strategy about going to Whole Foods <laughs> uh, because they are likely to be you know health minded people there. The trouble with meeting in an open environment like that is that you don't know that person's status. You don't know like if they're married or not. You cannot count on them wearing a ring these days. <laughs> we, we, we have 
things have shifted around that. So you have to just be mindful of the fact that they might not be available versus when you go to, say, a dating app or probably a you know a bar or a club where you know that those people are probably looking to make some connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted to get lines too, like pickup lines. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, our pickup lines needle, are thin. Do you have a needle and thread? Because I'm ripped, <laughs> and I'm gone. I'm like, bye. Yeah. See bye. you later, April. So I actually don't believe in pickup lines, but I believe in connecting with people. And I, I teach my clients actually using the principles of improv to begin conversations and improv, not because I'm like, you should be funny because it teaches you how to listen and be in the moment and, and react to the environment. So there's usually something in the environment that you can react to or something on their person that you can react to. And I, I tell them to lead with a curiosity comment. So it could be, it could be like, Uh, like your Whole Foods comment would be a curiosity comment. Like, have you ever used this kind of, this kind of uh, organic, you know, whatever the product is? And then you're jump started into the conversation or it could be like, oh, wow, I really like that tattoo or that, or that piercing or that cucumber. Nice melons. (laughs) Nice melons. Oh, I, sorry. I meant the other. No, sorry. No, no. (laughs) I, I get what, what you're saying. Yeah, you're. Yeah, we we'll go. Let's go back to okay, we're, curiosity. We're, we're being our little bros right now. So. <laughs> Sometimes, so yeah, that's just it. Like, don't overthink it. I think a lot of people get stuck in inaction because they're like, I don't have the perfect line. I don't have the perfect line, and they miss the opportunity because they don't know what to say. I actually do have a client who who met offline, even in the midst of the pandemic, she was wearing a mask. She went to a, to a store that he owned. They started talking about a topic that his, the stuff that he was selling, it was already stuff that she was interested in. And it was something he obviously was interested in because it was his store. And the next thing they knew they were locking eyes. And the next thing they knew they were locking lips. So not in the store that day, but much (laughs) later down the road. But, you know, it just began with a conversation where they were curious about the same things and could read the vibe and go from there. Okay. Time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberloop. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberloop and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by Sakara. You all know how important pleasure is to us, and pleasure isn't only about sexy time. The food you eat can give you so much pleasure, too. That's why we love Sakara. Sakara focuses on overall wellness, and their chef-crafted, organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful, plant-based ingredients, so you can have better digestion, more energy, and a healthy glow. I never get bored with their menus because they have a new one each week, and I get to eat meals like penne alla vodka and margarita flatbread with macadamia ricotta. And I actually feel good afterward. You had me at vodka and margarita. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder made with organic raw cacao to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash shameless or enter code shameless at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash shameless to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash shameless. Go get that glow. And now back to the show. 
So I'm wondering, Demona, in terms of, so I'm I'm not sure exactly if it's going to differentiate between uh, finding, if if your advice for finding someone long-term would be different than the advice that you're giving um, before. So, because I feel like dating, I I don't know, not everyone might be looking for long-term partners, but for those folks out there who are looking for long-term partners, do you have advice on how to navigate the dating world if you have this intention? Yes, I do. It's it's a similar process, but I I'm a really big fan of stating your business early on. If you're looking for a long-term relationship, don't be afraid to say that. So many times people will will ask me how to how to gauge someone's interest in a long-term relationship and how to indicate it without ever like having to be vulnerable or saying that they're actually interested in a long-term relationship because they're afraid that he might run away if she says uh, that she wants to wants marriage and kids. And my feeling is that, look, you're either being, when you get quote rejected, which I don't even look at it as rejection, it's a rejection of the situation that you're offering. It's not necessarily a rejection of you. And if you are interested in a serious relationship and that person is interested in a serious relationship and you could be it, they will gladly, gladly embrace you. So I tell my clients that if you get quote rejected, you're either being spared or prepared. Mm. You're either spared the drama of chasing somebody, investing in somebody and, and, getting your head caught up in this idea that this person is going to going to be something that they're not or going to want something later that they don't want right now or you're being prepared for something that is more in alignment with what you want down the road and I had this experience myself I was in this like four year on again off again mostly off again confusing, frustrating situationship slash relationship. And I finally said to the guy, I was like, I got to know, like, where, what's going on? I wish I had had the the (laughs) foresight to be able to ask that question maybe two years earlier. I would have saved myself like two years of drama. Mm -hmm. But he finally was just like, nah, like I can't do it. And that really freed me up. I ended up meeting my husband like four months after that. And I wasn't necessarily looking to get married, but I was like, I need a little bit more of a commitment from that. And I think having that clarity and knowing that I needed to to state that before four years had gone by saved me a lot of drama and ended me up in the relationship that I ultimately wanted to be in and stay in for for the rest of my life. I love that you said that about rejection. Um, I've, I think I remember Charlie Glickman. I think I was the first one I heard say, he, him say that, and I've actually said that to people too. That it's not—they're not rejecting you because they don't even know you, right? If like you go up and talk to them, and they're like, "Actually, I'm not interested." You're like, "Oh my god, they know everything about me, and they hate me." Mm-hmm. They don't know everything about you. They don't know who you authentically and genuinely are. They're yeah. just rejecting, declining. I think what he said was de- they're declining an opportunity that you presented that that they're not they're no to, and that's just a part of it. But I love what you said about the spared or prepared. I think that that is, that is gold. And the situationship. Yeah. I, I love yeah, that too. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Such, I'm yes. still mad about those four years. Like, yeah. But yeah. you know, like I think everything happens for a reason. And, you know, maybe if the timing was different, then I wouldn't have been available for the person that I'm with today. So you never know. And I've seen that happen to so many of my clients too, that were just like trying to make a square peg fit. Mm-hmm. And it just, oh, the frustration level. And then when they let that go and they're like, okay, this isn't in alignment. There's This person's not rejecting me. They're rejecting this opportunity to build a life with me because it's not what they want. Then that's when I've seen really beautiful, amazing things happen to people's lives. And quickly too, like sometimes three months later, then they end up meeting somebody that wants exactly the life that they want instead of trying to trying to 
force a fit with somebody that wants something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something so big about about alignment, and then think when you clear, we only have a limited amount of energy to to share with the world, and so when we clear space, we have so much more spaciousness for to letting something or someone else in. And I've definitely experienced that on on my end in my life as well, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, switching gears a little bit here, um, so you speak on the topic of is it dating preference or racial bias? And I want to to comment this one. I think it's an important question to ask or to understand, especially even I'll speak for myself. I'd like to know more about this. Also, we had a listener that sent us uh, some feedback about a recent episode that we had that was a little bit on this topic. Um, So I'm going to read, I'm going to read you what the listener says, and then maybe we can chat a little bit about this. So On a recent episode, your guest was talking about how every penis has a perfect match to fit into. He later went into his own personal beliefs that some ethnicities and cultures feel better to him than others. Ethnicity and culture are not chosen but born into. In my mind, he is not giving people a chance based on their ethnicity stemming from his past experiences. Imagine saying that you only like certain ethnicities or cultures in any other context. So my question is your thoughts on this uh, and then also how it may or may not link to the question is it dating preference or racial bias i i wonder if your listener had read my <laughs> the Maybe. article i wrote on this because I, I i wrote this article last year um after the death of george floyd mm-hmm. um about about how we sometimes hide our racial bias behind other things and in the context of the work i do behind dating preferences. So I wrote this in the Washington Post. I, I write for a column there called Date Lab. And my editor was like, I, I, I need your voice in this conversation. And um, it was interesting, the response to it, because a lot of people were feeling hella triggered by it. And I understand that. I I, I understand that. And as a person of color, I I get that a lot of these concepts that I have been thinking about my entire life and not just a person of color. I come from a biracial background. I also like in my extended family, my stepmother is a different race. My my sister-in-law is another race. So I have like I have the entire U.N. (laughs) U.N. Uh, representation in my family tree. So that's the lens that I've always looked at the world through. But I understand if it's new to you, it feels like something that you automatically have to push back against. And like, even that was something like I watched the Megan and Harry interview with Oprah with pen and paper in hand mm-hmm. and seeing just the way that that people have reacted like we have to take sides on whether whether it's racial bias or not that 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 Megan was treated different than Kate that Archie is not getting the title of prince that you know Harry himself is saying that that he has experienced racial bias in his family this is that part is not that's not a debate that is that is a factual statement. The question is, what do we do about it? So it is not, it is not up for debate whether you saying you have a racial preference is a racial bias or not. By definition, if you state you have a preference, you have a bias towards or against a particular race. I'm not interested in debating that or pointing fingers at anybody for that. I recognize that I, even as a person of color, yes, of course, I have certain biases and beliefs that I bring to the table. What I'm really interested in and what people seem to be triggered by when I wrote this Washington Post article is the why. Mm. Why does that exist? And for most of us, it's not it's not our fault. This is the world that we are brought into. The question is, what do you do when you have the information? Now that you are aware, oh, that is an example of racial bias, you can step back and say, is that actually in alignment with who I am and what I believe? And am I perpetuating systems that I have been born into and and accepted as truth for my entire life? Am I choosing to perpetuate this by continuing to repeat that, that, I don't know, a my 
a this culture vagina feels different than a that culture vagina. Because of course, that is not factual. That's not, there is no scientific basis for that statement that is based on your experiences that you have interpreted to add up to a particular, to a particular meaning. Mm. So that's the information. The question is, what do you want to do with it? Mm -hmm. I think that's that's really really valuable and for a number of reasons. Uh, one is uh, I think we were talking a lot about race and social justice. A lot of the conversations are like stop pretending like this isn't a thing or that you don't feel this or you don't like, start you know looking at yourself and not just taking accountability but hiding behind the lens that you know I'm I'm the good you know the good I'm not going to. By the way, our listeners we get a lot of. Uh, challenging feedback sometimes when we go down this route. So, um, and so for listeners, if you're listening, just, just bear with me here, um, that we're just talking about really more so embracing this and that. And, and what you're saying here is let's just, let's not hide behind, Oh, it's just dating preference. Like there is a racial bias here. Um, and then also the, this other piece of when we put ourselves in categories and little boxes, um, thinking like, this is, this is the type of person I'm into and that's it, or the type of sex I'm into and that's it. We sometimes, we we're labeling and limiting ourselves when really there's all kinds of wonderful people out there that could be of all kinds of cultures and races that might be really aligned with you. And you've just limited yourself from meeting them because you told yourself a story based on past experiences. And, but maybe that's what you need to do. Um, and the same thing happens also with sex. You know, I, I, this example I use here often is I don't like tickling. I don't want someone to make out with my armpit. It sounds terrible. Why would I ever want that? And then someone did it and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to hate this. And then I loved it. And I know they're very different, but it's the ways that our brain works. And we put ourselves in these boxes, one to take on a label, maybe to prevent ourselves from looking like a bad person. And then two, to keep ourselves safe, because it's a story we've told about who we are when really we're constantly evolving and the brain works in mysterious ways. And um, I think it can be really, really limiting and, and also harmful for other people or for ourselves. Uh, it just mm -hmm. depends on on how, like you said, I like that. I like what you, the way you said that. What I'm interested in is more so. What do we do with this? And the, the why, as yeah. opposed to like this. You know, this just is very thought provoking. Yeah, I think it's really helpful. Yeah, that, that's a. I, I I really like your your angle on that, and and I think it does apply in the bedroom and in other dating preferences as well. And this has always been a part of my dating strategy. <laughs> I know it sounds unsexy when I say strategy. <laughs> I, I really do Not look to at me. it. I like strategy. I love strategy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like doing that with my clients because most people don't look at their dating life in a strategic way. It's much more by like happenstance. And and I think interesting things happen when you when you look at it more strategically and ask yourself, why, wait, why does he have to be a certain height or a certain size or a certain, uh, make a certain amount of money? Like, what is the story, mm -hmm. to borrow your word, what is the story that I'm telling myself about that? And for for all of us, and there there is research around this, like the things that we know are comfortable, they're familiar to us. So we gravitate towards them because of our confirmation bias. We are our brain is is biased to continue to stick with the things we are comfortable with. So even in your tickling example, that was something that was unknown, maybe a little scary, maybe a little off-putting because it wasn't something you had explored, maybe something you hadn't explored with the person with whom you felt safe. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I'm trying to get people to to strip away is why do why did you form that belief system? And if you step back and look at it, look at it from an unbiased perspective, is it fact or is it is it a story? And is it is it in alignment ultimately with the life that you're trying to build? You know, and I, I've had clients who, you know, I was working with an Indian woman who said to her, she, she needed, she wanted to only focus on dating Indian guys. And so we did this whole process of, I, and I explained it in the Washington Post article, the five whys, which is actually a business technique, but we start to unpack that. Well, why is that important to you? And then every why, every response is followed up with another why until you really get to the root of your decision-making. And she came to the conclusion that her relationship with her father was really the most important relationship in her life. 
as she could see it from this particular vantage point. And the times when she had dated somebody outside of her race and culture, her father was very upset and it was detrimental for their relationship. And that was not the life that she wanted. And I'm not going to force, I'm not going to be like, well, you got to, you got to date some white guys, you know, just because I believe in being open. I'm going to say, okay, that's not the life that you're trying to build. You want to build a life with someone of your same culture so that you can include your father in this process. And to her, that was the most important. But if you don't ask the questions, you're never going to get to the answer. Mm-hmm. Wow. This was, uh, you have so much uh, quality information and insight and uh, you are incredible. Thank you for all of this. Um, I know that folks that are out there dating or folks that need some thought provoking uh, uh, questions on why they feel or think certain ways. This is, this is uh, some, some insight. I know that um, you are a busy human as well. I know you, you uh, have a radio show, a podcast, you're all over the, the interweb. And uh, <laughs> uh, will you let folks out there know how they can find you and and all of your work? Yes. Uh, I am all over the interwebs. Of course, I'm on <laughs> all the socials at my name, Damona Hoffman. And I do the Dates and Mates podcast every week. We just celebrated 350 episodes of doing that show every dang week. For, it seems like my entire life. Uh, but I love it. I love, I love helping people navigate. This stuff is, it's dense. It's tricky. It's, it's, it's triggering. It's compelling. And I just really love to have the opportunity to help people, one, find love, because I think that is the most important decision you will ever make, who you choose to to spend your time with and ultimately potentially blend your life with. That's a really important decision. So I, I love helping people navigate through that every week on Dates and Mates. And uh, I have lots of resources to continue to help people on that journey at datesandmates.com. Mm. Love, love, love. I love the name too, Dates yeah. and Nights, because it's kind of uh, perfect for uh, everyone, right? Whether you're, because tr- dating can go along with friends too. D- finding friends can be difficult. It's sometimes like more challenging than totally. It made some new, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, yes. I, I love it. I love everything you're doing, Demona. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank, thank you for sharing. Thank you so go much for check me. her yeah, out. Thank yes. You. Thank you. And to all of our listeners out there, I can't leave a podcast without talking about Margins Wine. Wine. We just drank the Sangiovese a few nights ago, Amy and I together, and it was incredible. She only does two releases every year. So go ahead, get on the mailing list at marginswine.com and be in the know. Why not? (laughs) And to all of you beautiful listeners out there, we love you. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.